I'm Erin Barnes, and this is Inside College Admissions, a podcast presented by SCORE. On today's episode, Strategic Advisor to SCORE, Peter Van Buskirk, sits down with Diane Ansi, Dean of Admission and VP for Enrollment at Kenyon College. Their conversation covers topics such as demonstrating your voice with honesty, the importance of the essay, investing time writing about topics that you enjoy, and much more. Without further ado, I'll hand it over to Peter. Hi, welcome to Inside College Admission. My name is Peter Van Buskirk, and I'm joined today by good friend Diane Ansey, who is the Dean of Admission and Vice President for Enrollment at Kenyon College. Welcome, Diane. It's lovely to be with you. I'm glad to be able to talk with you about an important topic right now for high school students, and that is a college essay. I think that when young people think about applying to college, they probably try to forget that there's an essay involved, but there is at least one involved. I'm wondering if we could just talk for a few minutes about why colleges want to see essays. Oh, essays are a hugely important part of the admission process, particularly at colleges like mine, uh, Kenyon College, a small liberal arts college. And Peter, you, you know that the essay is the one piece of the application over which a student has 100% control, right? They have no more control over those grades that they got in sophomore year or control over standardized test score results that will be sent directly to the colleges. They don't have control over what a teacher or guidance counselor will say about them, but they surely do have significant control over that essay. So it is the place where we really get to hear their voice, experience the quality of their thinking and their writing see where they are in terms of their ability to reflect on an important experience or relationship, a moment in time, very important part of the application. And and, uh, let me just add, you know, the highlight for those of us who have the privilege to read college applications, right? It is the place where we feel most connected to our applicants. Do you ever find that you're, you're reading applications, and, and, and I would imagine you're probably looking at dozens, scores per day, and after a while, the, the, the numbers and the words all sort of run together until you maybe catch an essay that just stops you in your tracks and, 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 and causes you to not only read the whole thing, but to reflect and, and, and understand better what the message is from that student. Well, I have to say, I quite love what I do for a living. I I love that I have the opportunity to serve some of the smartest young people in the world. I also love that I have the opportunity to serve a great institution uh, that makes a difference. I find that whenever I get to the essay section of the application, that I I find my posture changes. I tend to sit up a little bit more uh, straight I I sort of ready myself in my seat. Uh, Now it is all, of course, at a computer because we're reading applications online because there's a kind of intimacy to it, right? Where this is, you know, we are hearing directly from the student. And so I have always been fortunate to work with incredible colleagues who have a tremendous amount of respect for the students who are going through this process, recognizing that it can be stressful and a little Mm -hmm. overwhelming at times. 
And so we very much see it as both a privilege and our responsibility to give each and every essay our full attention. And I will say our instructions for staff, Peter, is if you do feel like you're getting to a place where things are starting to run together, your eyes are burning a little because you've perhaps, you know, crossed the 20 application or 25 applications in a certain period of time mark, then we certainly advise people to uh, shut the, shut down their computer for a moment or two and go take a walk or get a, something to drink and come back to their computers. Well, and I didn't want to suggest that there would be a diminished look at applications because of volume, but it, it occurs to me that in, in talking with kids, sometimes I see a draft of an essay before you get it. And uh, my response to a student might be, it's a good essay, but it's not going to make a difference for you in, in the college application. Or there's some real power in this. Get a little bit of finishing on it and, and you have a real shot here. I guess that's what I was kind of getting at. Are there some that, that you go home at night and you just keep running over the lines of the essay in your mind and, and yes. you feel like you made a strong connection? Absolutely. And, and you are quite right. I mean, I think that, you know, one of one of the other benefits of taking good care with your college essay is we get a sense of your work ethic, right? We get it, you know, good admission readers know that an essay has been you know, finely crafted and many hours have been invested in a particular piece as opposed to the college essay that's been whipped off, right? We know the difference between the two and we obviously are going to uh, be grateful to the student who has invested the time. And to your point, yes, you know, in highly competitive situations, right? I have absolutely watched great thinking and great writing bump a more marginal candidate into the class. And I have watched less good thinking, less good writing, perhaps that essay that was whipped off, bump a more marginal candidate out of the class and, and keep them from receiving an admissions offer. Yeah, that's, it's interesting to me that even very capable students sometimes just get a little lazy with, with some parts of the application and, and they, they forget that to your point, good writing, really good writing is a process. It doesn't happen during the last three waking hours of one's night. So uh, they need to work on that. Now, you did mention something earlier that, that is a part of the credential review, and that is testing. Uh, as current high school seniors are well aware, having made it through the, the COVID experience, for many of them, the, the testing opportunities were more limited than usual. And as a result, a good number of institutions, including uh, very highly selective schools, including Kenyon College, are, are test optional now in the process. And I, I, you may frame this as you wish, but what I've been hearing a lot is that you know, from deans of admission, we can't hold students accountable for a credential that they really couldn't develop the way they would normally do it. So that said, does the essay take a different role or an enhanced role now in a test optional environment, or is it pretty much the same as usual? Well, we've always, uh, Kenyon is a place that did require test scores in advance of COVID. And, and to your very good point, Peter, it would be very difficult for us to require a test that people can't mm -hmm. take. Exactly. Um, so yes, we've been um, optional throughout the COVID period. Essays are always held in a position of prominence in our reading and selection process. And yes, I think it's fair to say that we are reading those, those essays uh, with even greater interest now that uh, there isn't that sort of that normalizing feature of that mm -hmm. standardized test score that, that we've used for so many years. 
I will say, uh, having now just had the opportunity to travel a bit, we've finally stepped out to do a little bit of travel with some of my uh, peers at some similar institutions. And, you know, we comment to one another that it's really been easier than we all imagined it would be um, to, to do good and thorough reads and make sound admissions decisions in this um, test optional environment. And I've heard that. Can, could you maybe develop that a little bit more? Why is that? We'll get back to the essays in a moment, but I think that listeners will be very interested to know how an admission officer comes to that that conclusion or that observation based on experience. Well, you know, because I I believe, you know, even at the most highly competitive institutions, would at some level describe themselves as being test responsible places, right? Recognizing that the transcript really occupies the most significant position of prominence in the application. And there is, of course, so much for us to consider when looking at a high school transcript, right? We get to see course progression. Has students stuck with math, science, and foreign language? We get to see, you know, how have they taken advantage of whatever kind of rigor has been uh, available to them at their high schools. And of course, we get to see their progress in terms of grades and you know, schools are pretty helpful in terms of giving us a sense of the context of, of the school and where the student may be falling. So I would say that, you know, I think we're probably leaning that much more so into a careful read of that transcript and the essay and the letters of support. And we always like it too when students reach out to us in meaningful ways, right? In, in legitimate ways where they have questions about the college, they wish to connect with a member of the admission staff or a guide or a member of the faculty, you know, we're able to see how they conduct themselves in those interactions as well. So I kind of read between the lines that trying to discern the student's sense of uh, intentionality, perhaps, or mindfulness about process and about your institution is something that you can, you can start to pick out of, of applications as well. Now, you, you mentioned something about what you spent a lot of time looking at and uh, COVID having kind of upset the apple cart for a lot of kids with regard to the academic work courses and grades. Now the common application offers an optional essay for students to use in, in providing some insight into the COVID experience for them. Where do you see that fitting? I mean, is that something that kids should look at seriously or is that uh, an easy, no, I'm not gonna bother with that. I think if the student has a COVID story to tell that is of importance and significance to them, they should tell it. Mm -hmm. And if they want to, you know, wherever they want to put it, right? If they want to make it this, this, the, you know, the feature of their essay or in this, this additional question that the Common App is providing, mm -hmm. I do not think that students should spend any time at all worrying that I'm going to get tired of reading COVID essays. I will not get tired of reading COVID essays. These students who have lived through this important period of their life, right? Junior and senior year of high school under, you know, under the context of a global pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, they absolutely deserve the additional question and any amount of real estate to, to write about, to write about their experience. But Peter, you should know that I am also one of those admission deans that never, ever advises students to steer away from a particular essay topic. 
you know, I, I'm not going to actually name them because I don't want to give them credence, but you can probably think about what some of them are. I've been on panels with other admissions deans where they will say, stay away from this topic, stay away from that topic. And it breaks my heart, actually, when I hear them say that, because if that is the topic that is of most significance to that young person, and that is where they've got a story to tell and where their voice will be most clear and available then they should they should write about it even if you know we may be receiving many top many essays with a similar topic i'm so glad you said that uh, diane because the some of the the most impressive essays i've ever seen were written on on quote unquote the taboo topic one of them and i won't mention them either but i, I agree with you i think that to tell a student don't go there is, is a bad idea what a, yeah further tell a student is, and I'd be interested in your thought about this, if you make that presentation intensely personal, then the, the, the topic itself is, is going to be irrelevant. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I guess if this podcast was only three minutes long, and I could, you know, I had a very short period of time to convey some advice, my advice would be that students should write about what they know that this is not a moment in time to be charting some brand new <laughs> journey or you know, right. charting a new territory. Peter, often when I'm with students like at an open house or at a high school, if I'm doing a, you know, an essay writing workshop, I will say to students, I say, so now how many of you have been in exactly the position I'm in right now to be giving a public presentation? And so most of them will raise their hand. And I'll say to them, does it not go infinitely better when you are talking about something that you know? And of course, without fail, Peter, every head nods in unison. So uh, to me, the same is true in terms of picking an essay topic. You should write about what you know, because then you're not spending a lot of time hunting and pecking for the next word or the next sentence or the next important detail of uh, content, you can really focus on your voice and how you are um, conveying that story. So I will do a wink wink with you right now and tell you that I actually am the mother of a high school senior son who is going through the college admissions process and he is writing a college essay about his experience as a baseball player. Lovely. So there you go. One of the topics that students are sometimes advised against <laughs> pursuing. Right. Uh, but I'm sure he'll do a fine job. And, and it's interesting, uh, uh, having been through this with my own children, I don't know about you, but, but I, I knew nothing by the time they became seniors in high school. So I, I hope that your son's taking good advice uh, from you, but if not from you, somebody who, who just is well qualified. Uh, I, I'd like to, to kind of switch thought process just a little bit here, because uh, as students are coming to know, the, the common application essay is the big one. It's the 650 word, choose a topic and, and let us know who you are. Then there's the COVID optional essay that we just discussed. But it's interesting, it's not until kids start to drill down into the common application, having identified the, the names of the schools that interest them, that they begin to discover the supplemental essays, which I think have taken on added meaning in recent years. Do you have supplemental essays? And, and, and if so, could you give me some insight into what you try to glean from the responses? Well, I have to say that I think students uh, need to approach all additional parts, a writing parts of the application, including these supplements with a great deal of care. They certainly do not want to, you know, if they're applying to five small liberal arts colleges, 
They do not want to write a response that speaks to the small liberal arts college experience and copy it and paste it into those five supplements, simply replacing the name of the institution. That would be a disservice both to their application and to their relationship really with that, um, with that institution. By the way, can you spot those cut and paste essays? Oh, I, I think that yes, you can yeah. sometimes uh, spot the, the cut and, and paste essays. I think that the student obviously needs to do their homework on the, the institutions to which they're applying. Uh, they need to have a good reason, right, why they are applying to that institution. They need to understand and be able to articulate uh, the things that they value and that they share in common with that institution. And I think that they really and truly need to devote as much time to some of those short answer questions as they do to their longer essay. I will share that at my previous institution, I, I served a place in Massachusetts for 25 years, and I recall that when we were in the admissions committee and we were having a, a tough time arriving at a particular rating or a, an admissions decision, we would, would often say, give me a minute of the short answer question. So the presenter of the application would read the response to the short answer question. It, never did the person say, give me a minute of the essay. Unless, of course, the reader had pointed out the essay for some particular reason and it became a topic in the discussion. So in many ways, I think admission officers often will think of the writing in those short answer questions as being sort of a very pure uh, sample of where the student is in terms of their thinking and writing. So they're going to want to approach this part of the application with the same level of care that they're approaching the longer essay. So when an essay prompt sounds like tell us why you want to come to our school. The admission office, uh, are they looking to see if the student can recite all of the institutional superlatives in that 250-word uh, essay, or are they looking for something else? I think you hinted at it earlier, but uh, just wonder if we could expand upon your earlier thoughts of perhaps the synergy that the student is... Exactly. Exactly. And I do think having just done a little research project to look to see what, you know, what many of our, of our among our peers who have a short answer question on their supplement to see what those mm -hmm. questions are, it does seem as if many institutions have moved away from that question, the, the more generic. So why are you interested in X, Y, and Z place? and have opted instead for questions that are a little bit more unique. But I think that if I were doing it today, if I were applying, I think I would almost approach each of those supplements in an almost free write kind of way and just go first with the answer that comes to mind, right? And which may be an emotional response to a particular place or that might comment on a ex positive experience the student had had or so I would, yeah, I'd go for the joy. I'd look for the synergy, as you just said. But, but you get a little nervous if maybe you're uh, an admission officer at a university in, in an urban setting and, and uh, you hear, you read that the student talks about her fascination for New York City. And I've always loved the city and, and uh, the, the nightlife and that kind of a thing. That's, that's really not speaking to the synergy with the institution, is it? 
Well, no, it's interesting. And I also, I had the very early in my career, I had the terrific honor to work at a place that was located in a major metropolitan mm-hmm. area. And you were quite right. There were, there were lots of response that we, we knew lots of reasons why people wanted to be in that particular zip code. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it stood out when somebody wrote a response that said why they actually wanted to be on that campus. Still, it works both ways, Peter, because, you know, many of those institutions will also feature that zip code, that region, right, very prominently in their promotional materials, and will legitimately highlight location as a significant asset. So some of it is fair to be able to reference location. Now, you mentioned also, with regard to supplemental essays, that uh, it might behoove a student to do a little bit of research into the institution so that, one, you can sort of demonstrate your own sense of purpose, but then find that synergy. In these days of limited access to college campuses, and I know that that's changing physically, do you have maybe one or two tips you might offer students in terms of how they can be, come into that essay writing process with the supplemental essays? Why do you want to come here? What do you want to study? And what, how they can approach that from a, a deeper sense of the institution? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Peter. I mean, you're right. Places are opening up. And, you know, I'm not aware of any admission offices that are going to ditch some of the virtual options. So students have a lot of opportunity to connect with colleges and universities. I will just say very tangentially, I do think that enrollment divisions at places like mine may be different at other institutions. But at places like mine, we are, you know, we're we're operating in pre-COVID ways and in COVID ways unlike many of our other divisions on campus that have gone back to pre-COVID ways. The new, right? You have a new normal that's everything, right? We have a new normal and, you know, and we have quite a number of jobs that have essentially doubled, right? Because people now need to manage the activity in an in-person way and also in a virtual way. So students are super lucky because they have this option to um, engage with the colleges and universities they're interested in in both of these ways. I do think, uh, it's interesting, I did get my son a notebook um, at the beginning of this process, and he was very dutiful, I'm grateful for this, he was very dutiful about writing down his first impressions of places Mm -hmm. uh, whenever we had the opportunity to do um, a tour and uh, an info session or an interview. Um, He's done a couple of online programs, I've asked him to do the exact same thing, and this is just the top of mind immediate reaction. But I think the, the, the more important you know, part of the conversation is students are allowed to ask questions about culture, right? Institutional culture. They're allowed to ask questions about, I say culture, they say vibe, right? Or the personality of a place. Mm-hmm. They don't have to limit their conversations to simply, you know, what's your student to faculty ratio and you know, how many options do you have for your meal plan? It doesn't have to all be these uh, matter of fact, transitional questions. They can try to dive in, use the people at those colleges and universities to get a sense of the place, its essence, its vibe, its culture, its personality. Because then, you know, hey, you have a personality, I have a personality, so too do all of these institutions. And I think that's where we get to some of the juice of the of the matchmaking, right? To see 
you know, are our values aligned? Is your, is your culture and environment one where I could imagine doing my best work? They can certainly um, ask about these kinds of things. Uh, Peter, I'm gonna quickly just toss in to say, it sometimes makes me really sad when I go to watch college videos particularly at other institutions on, you know, their YouTube channel. And I see the number of views. And I always think, why aren't these views higher than this number that's reported? I actually think that colleges and universities do an amazingly good job at showing themselves through their YouTube videos. And so I do think that that can be, that can be helpful for students. I I agree. Um, One of the things that that I've had the opportunity to talk with some students about as well. And I'll be interested in your reaction to this. Uh, when they, they have a specific interest in an institution, uh, they want to be, you know, a, a biology pre-med or they want to be a uh, history, political science, whatever. I suggest that they go to the website and go beyond the homepage that lists all the courses or all the majors, but to find out who teaches, what they teach, when they teach, what the specialties are, uh, and maybe even reach out to a professor who seems to be doing something fascinating with an email that says, I'm wondering if I could connect with you to ask questions. Is that viable or is that, am I overreaching with that? Well, you know, Peter, um, I was going to follow up with my YouTube suggestion, right? I was going to follow up and say, you know, I actually quite like the Kenyan videos because they're funny, <laughs> right? They're funny. They're imaginative, they're smart, they have a wit to them, they make me laugh. And that actually says a lot about some of the joy and fun that you'll find at Kenyon. There are lots of videos, because I wanna be clear what I said, that they do a good job of showing themselves. There are some that don't have joy and fun and wit and that kind of energy, and you need to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Similarly, Sure. Write a note to a professor. And if that professor, if she or he does not return your email, turn to your notebook and write that down mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the place where you do send a note of inquiry and the person responds with some amount of interest and enthusiasm. These are the, these are clues. These are really important clues about the institution and and how they approach students in the teaching and learning process. So sure, you know, and we all post who our tour guides and fellows are too. So you could reach out to them and do ask similar questions. But I, I think it's it's been interesting for me to see that students who do go that extra mile for that outreach to the professor, to the student, whatever, they start to develop a much deeper appreciation for the culture you were referencing. And then rather than falling in love with the institution because of its name and its reputation, now they, they find that there's some real substance there that they can connect with. Well, and uh, Peter, should that institution have a supplemental question that uh-huh. asks about your interest in the place, you can say, well, Last July, I reached out to such and such a professor in whatever department, and that began, yeah. you know, a, a long and exciting, you know, um, conversation about, you know, physics at Kenyon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then, yeah. You, yeah. you know, when you've gone deeper, just as you've suggested, it actually is giving you some of the material that you might need 
for that supplement and also um, for your human interactions with the college, right? In the event you had an interview or something like that, met with your admissions officer at a school visit, it's all good stuff, right? You're, you know, I'm doing school visits on uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays. I travel virtually to Los Angeles every Wednesday and Thursday. And my gosh, for those students who have had the chance to visit, who watch the YouTube videos, who, you know, have been corresponding with a faculty member on campus, it's like you get to go to a conversation at a two or 300 level as opposed to an introductory level. Absolutely. Got to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. We're going to wrap things up. And, and you said if you only had three minutes to talk about the essay and leave impart some knowledge, since we've been at it for close to 30 minutes, do you have two minutes that you would want to maybe drop a couple of additional pearls on, on young people who are trying to put together their, put, put forth their best effort with their college essays now? Sure. I do think first and foremost, students need to write about what they know. My son would be horrified to hear me say this. If he were in the room overhearing me, he'd be shaking his head. I do. I think that students actually shouldn't be afraid to be, you know, to go into a closed room, read the essay prompt out loud and begin to talk through to themselves, talk through a response and take down some notes. It's my experience that some students may speak more easily or more in a more free way than they write. Mm -hmm. So start a conversation with yourself about the essay prompt. And I would say, uh, get down a draft and do not worry if it's all jibber jabber, because there will be lots of opportunities to polish the essay. I do think it is useful for students to be clear about their goals, right? What do you want the admissions committee to know about you? Mm -hmm. Um, And how would this important credential allow you to achieve that goal? And does this draft do it? Finally, I would say, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writers have editors and students too can have editors. They simply can't have somebody rewrite their essay for them. So should there be, you know, a teacher or a guidance counselor, a parent or a friend that knows the person well, and they wish to have somebody else give it a look, then they absolutely should feel free to do that. Is that the advice you would give, Peter, or would you add anything? Oh, my goodness. Diana, I think we could talk for two hours on this. Uh, I, I think you nailed it. I, I really appreciate your your sentiments on the topic. And and uh, I, I mentioned earlier that the, the students need to remember that this is not a, an event. Writing is not an event. It's a process. But I often, I'll just finish up with this thought, uh, we'll often encounter students who will look at an institution with some concern. They'll say, well, I know I have the academic credentials to compete, but I don't know what will set me apart from the rest. And whenever I hear that, I respond by saying, well, you're looking in the wrong place. Right. That you're probably most aware of the things you've done in life, but you're not necessarily connecting with the who you are, what you are, why you think, how you think. And it's my experience, that's where a lot of the power for the essay comes. Right. And, and the authenticity that comes along with all of that, right? I, you know, I'm very lucky I work at a place where, I mean, I, I, I am at Kenyon College, we are not working with students who are gaming and scheming their way through the college admissions process. These are kids who are mature and who are thoughtful and intentional as they make their way through this process. And authenticity is really, is, is very important. You know, if, if somebody wondered about a hook, I sometimes think being yourself, your best self, your most authentic self in some ways is, is it. That's perfect. 
Yeah, Diane, this is wonderful. I, I, I'm glad we can bottle this up and share it with a lot of young people because I suspect there, there are many who, who will feel comforted by the kind of advice you're providing right now. So thank you very much for joining you're us welcome. today. And uh, for those of you who are listening, take good note because you've just heard it from an expert. Thank you again for joining us as we talk about uh, college essays and supplemental essays and optional essays, all kinds of essays. Good luck with your college applications and tune in next time for another conversation about the college admission process. A special thanks to Peter Van Buskirk for joining us in this conversation today. If you want to hear more from Peter, you can find his content in the blog section of our website and on YouTube where his webinars and presentations are hosted. If you want to learn more about SCORE, go to SCORE.com. That's S-C-O-I-R.com. We'll link to that in the show notes and be sure to follow us on Instagram at SCORE Inc. That concludes our conversation today. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. Thanks so much for listening.